Um, this evening, we like to present the art of marriage. And in one of the excerpts, um, the husband is speaking with the wife, and this is a troubled marriage. And the question is asked, do you believe that Christ died for our sins? And if our God, and I'm paraphrasing, and if our God is able to raise Christ from the dead and give us everlasting life, what can he do for our marriages? And because Christ lives, our marriages can survive and be great testimonies to God's love and his relationship with us. Um, everywhere we turn, we see marriages in crisis, families um, being parts of broken homes, and we wonder why is that. They start out so wonderfully, um, with great hope, great joy, one great love. Where does it all go? Can this really disappear? Why? We also see wonderful marriages. Why some fail and some seem to succeed so greatly? What's the difference? Is there any such thing as a marriage that is so great that it can't use a little bit more spice? All of these things we can, we will be addressing in, in the art of marriage. There is no marriage that won't benefit from this seminar. You know, there's a story that, um, not sorry, there's a saying that things are applicable from people who are too to toothless. Well, this seminar applies from the contemplated marriage to the marriage that's only thinking of the legacy that's going to be left behind. It applies to everyone. Um, marriage is, this is a, an excerpt. Marriage is more than science. It is an art. Like any art form, it requires an investment of time, focused study, and the right tools. If you want to soften some of the edges in your relationship or want to brighten the landscape of a wonderful marriage, the art of marriage is for you. The art of marriage is a six-session video-based seminar. And when I say video-based, I don't mean you just sit there and you watch a video for a day and a half. Videos are interspersed with interactions with your spouse, and you have to bring your spouse. Um, no single people, unless you're contemplating marriage, and you need to bring that intended with you. Because the, the, the sessions, the projects are for couples. Um, and throughout the night, we'll be showing you, giving you snippets of what you can expect, um, what the presentations would be like, the people who will be presenting. What we would like to do is to have you so excited that not only do you sign up as couples, but you tell all your friends. Bring them out and say you have to come on Labor Day weekend. There's no better place to be. Shopping at, which, what's the name of the place? At, um, at that mall in Orlando? Can't touch it. Come on out, please. We are small in numbers here tonight, but we can have a lasting and huge impact on our community. Because we all have many friends. We are centers of a sphere of influence. So please go out and spread the word.
That being said, just like to show you the very first trailer. I think one of the greatest gifts you can really give to the next generation uh, is faithfulness and fidelity in, in, in marriage. You are ancestors to someone yet to come. my feelings for you we were in an argument and i grabbed her as hard as i could and i threw her down on the bed during my depression i just uh did some things that really hurt tony hurt him real badly and and hurt our marriage where does marriage always go wrong it's when i want the right to set the rules by which this relationship would work you don't have issues you are the issue both of you our marriage is uh, the central glue as an institution that is holding civilization together. We are responsible then to turn and to forgive others, even when it's horrendous sin. I want to talk to you, but um, I feel a lot better if you put that knife down. You cannot have a successful marriage without the invasion of the supernatural. What the cross promises marriage is fresh starts and new beginnings. Marrying Dave Wilson was the most exciting thing I could even imagine. I just had these pictures in my head of what Dave was going to be like. He's the hottest, most godly. He's going to lead me spiritually. It was the most anticipated thing of my life to marry him. I was married 10 years, and then we started embarking on the dream of our life which was starting this church. We just had this vision of wanting God to do something great in terms of reaching people. Couldn't believe that God would use us to reach thousands for Christ, and it was an absolute dream come true. The dream started to become a reality, but it was becoming a very difficult reality. I basically got two or three jobs going all at the same time, trying to be a dad, trying to be a husband, trying to live my dream of starting, help starting this church. He was gone more and more and more. I'm at the same time the Detroit Lions chaplain, so I'm leading Bible studies, I'm on the road with the team. And I would say things like, honey, you've got to be here. Like, the boys are growing up, I need you. The boys need you. 
I'm longing to spend time with you. And he's like, oh, I know. I thought I was doing great as a husband, as a dad. I preach this stuff. I know, you know, what the Bible says about marriage. And I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm living it pretty good. And we've got a pretty good marriage. I would put my marriage up against anybody's. He would walk out the door and I'd be like, wait, you're leaving again tonight? And he'd be like, yeah, don't you remember I had this meeting and then I have to go here and I have to speak to these people? And I'd be like, whatever. Great. You know what? I'll put the boys to bed by myself again. That's great, honey. See ya. I would have said to you on a scale of 1 to 10, my marriage is probably a 10. If not a 10, it's a 9.8. And I guarantee you my wife would agree. And I would have probably said we're a 1, maybe like a 0.5. Um, and I think he was totally clueless to that, which then that made me even more angry because I'm thinking, how do you not know how bad we're doing? On May 24th, 1990, it was our 10-year anniversary, and I sort of surprised Ann with a 10-year anniversary date. We dressed up, went to a really nice restaurant, and I sort of set it up with the waiter while we were having dinner. When I would cue him to sort of give him a look, he was supposed to bring a rose over. And so I cued him early in the dinner, and he brought over a rose and laid it on the table, and we talked about year one. He was like a little boy that night, like waiting for the next thing to happen. And I looked over later and he brought another rose. So anyway, every rose was a year and we would talk about that year. He was so sweet. He even planned what he was going to say when each rose arrived. On the way home, I thought it'd be pretty cool to uh, park in the parking lot where we were about to start our church. And Ann hadn't even seen this. So I thought it'd be pretty cool to park there, maybe pray about what God could possibly do. And to be totally honest with you, I thought we should just park. I know Dave Wilson. I knew that there was like this ulterior motive where it's like, yeah, we're going to park here. And, you know, he's all about the parking part. And so um, I kind of knew that was coming. So I leaned over to kiss Ann. And uh, as I, you know, lean over to kiss her in the passenger seat, she sort of pulls away. Uh, I just was like, I can't even, honey, I, I, in my head, I was thinking, I cannot even go there. So I pull back and I look at her and I say, is something wrong? She looks at me, I'll never forget this, and she goes, well, yeah, there is something wrong. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she says, well, to be honest with you, I've lost my feelings for you. What did you think of that? Do you think that could actually happen? Those are actually true stories um, that you'll be relating to during the seminar. And stay tuned for part two. We won't keep you in suspense. It will come tonight. Um, now, qu- quite often, when people are standing at the altar reciting their vows, they don't have any idea what marriage would be like, how complex it is. And they quickly realize their spouse is probably not like they expected. How do you deal with that? There are many options that the world throws out. What's God's purpose and plan? What's happening in our society is we look at so many options, so many places, but do we look at the inventor and designer of marriage? The art of marriage does that. Just to give you an idea of what marriage is like in our country, and probably in the world, because I don't think the Bahamas is any different. 
Um, we've asked Pastor Arnett and Sister Helen to just speak very briefly of their experiences as counselors at the Christian Counseling Center. Um, and I'd like Pastor Arnett and Sister Helen to come up now. Um, I don't think they're strangers to anyone in the room, so I won't give you the, the full introduction, which is about 10 pages. Um, I'll just leave it as it is, and they can take it from there. Good evening. Um, my experience basically with the couples, I see the presenting issue is basically adultery, alcoholism, and social media. Social media has really, really in the last few years has really impacted marital couples and also people who are cohabiting, but particularly the ones who are married. And I am not just talking about the ungodly people, the born-again people. They get on Facebook, emails, Twitter, and whatever. And they're so preoccupied, so obsessed with the social media that the marriage is in big trouble. It's like an epidemic. And... It's almost like they sweetheart that particular computer or whoever, and then it ends up where they are in an adulterous relationship. And then some couple also have the drinking with it. So this is a big, big issue that is coming to the Christian Counseling Center and also on the outside as I communicate with other professionals, especially in the mental health area, uh, social media has really, really impacted our people. And basically, it's, it breaks down the communication. It breaks down trust. We don't trust. When trust is violated, we have a real big struggle trying to rebuild it. And like this first vignette mentioned about a gift for our children, we are presenting our children with a gift of family and marriage. In the beginning when God created the world, the family was there and the Sabbath. And these are two big areas that have really been violated and whatever. We don't rest properly. And when we escape, we're not escaping with our husband or our wife. Is with either somebody we met or we had this ungodly relationship with on Facebook, emailing, Twitter, and whatever else. Then we come trying to bail out, and normally what happens is we dig a deeper hole. Because people then say, I am so involved with this person, and they understand me, and they care a whole lot for me, and by then the marriage is in big, big trouble. And I really want to say, this isn't just ungodly people. These are people in the church, and these are also people in the church who are drinking, and they basically medicate the, their problem with alcohol. So they are social drinkers, social butterflies, social lying, and they have a big time boozing and cruising, and they come in church and lift up holy hands. But this is a big problem. So... um 
I highly recommend, even though I've only saw one thing here, I highly recommend, like Paul said earlier, we all have a community that is outside of here. If we can be agents of change by telling our community about this particular marriage seminar that is coming up, that can give them some tools to probably help them and also help their children. Because whatever we model, our children are taking it to the next generation. And we're going to reap a very, very bitter harvest. Listening to Brian Marie the other night, the man had a meeting in the back there, and they were so kind to allow me to come. I really appreciate it. She represented me. <laughs> and uh, Brian said, here in the Bahamas, we have institutionalized corruption. And I say a big amen to it. And I don't want to present a dismal picture, but I work with couples in that place over there and outside, and I have a little idea of what goes on. And as I was thinking about all this, when he told me that Paul would like us to share briefly, I thought about what the psalmist said in Psalms 11, verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And then a couple of verses down, he says, but God is in his holy temple, and I'm grateful tonight there is hope. It's not just a dark, dismal picture, there is hope, and God is saying we need to pray, and we who are believers, be faithful, don't live on your feelings. Feelings is fleeting. You may feel really chummy with the person on the Facebook and think it's a great relationship, but it ends really horrible. I could tell you some really bad stories, but because of confidentiality and the sacred trust I maintain with clients and others, I can't disclose. But let's be faithful to whoever and don't live on our feelings. We made a commitment to stay in the good times, the bad times. So let's be loyal, and with the help of God, we'll make it. I do believe the foundations are there, and they're not going to go, because the psalmist just says, if, he didn't say it's gone, if they be destroyed, what can we do? We have a, Jeremiah said, we have a glorified throne. The place of our sanctuary is prayer, and prayer is powerful. And when you all pray, pray for me, because I really need it. Thank you. Uh, we're supposed to be talking about marriage in the Bahamas, but I'm in the Bahamas, so I'll start with me, if you don't mind, very briefly. Uh, when this clip was being shown a couple of minutes ago, my wife Helen said to me, do you remember that? I said, yeah. For two years, after Pastor Russell left and went back, and I was here as the assistant to the pastor for two years until Pastor Lee came. I was absent. And my wife talked to me about it. But you know what my excuse was? If Pastor Russell could work as hard as he did, if I could work as hard as I did as an engineer in Vitelco, I could never work too hard for the Lord. 
One evening, I remember we were having the Havana. We were having some problems with the Havana. We had no leaders, and that was supposed to have been my last meeting for the night to try to bring the, the Havana program back together. I left the center, dashed home for something to eat. Told Helen I was coming home. She got something for me very quickly. I swallowed it, literally, and I started out of the door, and Matthew was about three, about three years old, our last son. And he came and stood in the front of me, and he, he put his hand a kimble like this. He said, looked up at me, he says, Daddy, you going again? And I stopped full. And that was when it changed around. For two years, my life was just like that. Working for the Lord. There was nothing wrong with it. But that night I realized that I had it backwards. It's my family first, then the church. God, my family, the church. But I had it in reverse. The church, God, and then my family. Communication is one of the keys to marriage, any marriage. I dare say as many as 70% of the couples that we see is there because of lack of communication. The presenting issues may not be communication. But when you would have sat down and talked to them, you'd find out they were not communicating. I say to you, when you find yourself not discussing everything, whether you think is important or not with your spouse, watch out. Something else is taking that very important position. Secondly, and then I'll close. I am totally convinced that the reason why we have so many marriages that is going downhill is because of the lack of premarital counseling. There are those, too many pastors have premarital counseling and it's for four or five sessions. And they talk about what kind of wedding they're going to have and the immediate problems. But the real issues are never, ever dealt with. There are too many couples that come to us and say to us, if we had only known this before we got married, we would not have been here. My encouragement is, start with proper Pre-marital counseling. Not dealing with the day that is gone before you know it, but how you're going to spend the rest of your life with that spouse of yours. Thank you. I know our time is gone. Actually, Pastor Arnett and Sister Helen, they touched on a very important aspect of marriage.
One being um, communication. You see so much anger, so much distrust. We even talk about the adultery. But why have these things happened? Quite often it's because you weren't listening to me or you don't understand how I feel. Well, even in marriage, you aren't mind readers. You need to communicate and talk through things. Um, and if you're actually communicating with each other, it wouldn't get to the extent where we see marriages deteriorating in our world today. And that's applicable from the marriage in infancy to the mature marriage. I know, and I made a joke about it this morning, but there are many times Denise would tell me, I told you. And I would say, well, yeah, but I didn't know you meant that. Or vice versa. But we have to be willing to talk it through. And not point fingers, but realize that our marriages are so sacred that we will do anything to salvage them if they're going bad. And we'll do everything in our power to make them better if they're great. And the one thing that the art of marriage encourages, that is putting God first in our lives. We cannot stress that enough. If God is the arbiter of all of our differences, all of our conflicts, we really won't have those issues. They really won't occur. Because we don't have to point fingers. The only finger we have to point is to God, and that's for the answer. And we just need to accept it. Um, the next thing I'd like to do really is to um, just indicate one of the um, approaches that will be taken, and it deals with anger. And this will be a, a brief clip. Um, it's, one of the, it's one of the teaching tools that's used um, in, the, in the art of marriage. This one deals with anger. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. James 4, 1 through 2a. There were very few people who knew what really went on inside of our home. Whenever we got in our discussions, I, I felt like I couldn't control the emotion that was going on inside of me. I was a button pusher, and I knew what buttons to push. My anger would just flare out of control, and it would turn into an, an explosion. From friendly to horrible in a matter of seconds. I think he felt like things were swirling. I could out-talk him. I could... I could take the entire situation, no matter what I had done in it, it could be about Hans. It could be his fault. We were in an argument, and I grabbed her as hard as I could, and I threw her down on the bed. I had this little bit of justification that because I didn't actually physically lay a fist on her and um, blacken a part of her body, that it really wasn't as bad as what she was saying it was. I was really afraid at that point because we were married and we had a baby, and things were not getting better. So while he was gone for a week, I had become very involved in an affair. I pulled up in the driveway, and uh, Star met me uh, there with her bags packed with our then two-year-old daughter, Kylie. 
And um, we went through the exchange of, what are you doing? And she says, I'm leaving. I'm like, why? And she's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> why? I expected my parents to just receive me with, you know, loving arms. And when I got to, uh, to their house and explained to them what was going on, they said, if you're going to live in our house, um, you need to go to marriage counseling. I'd started out that counseling session um, ranting and raving about how Star was doing this wrong and doing that wrong. I started throwing God's word in there and that, you know, she's not doing this. She's not respecting me. I mean, the Bible says that I deserve to be respected, right? He took a long pause and he started to read Philippians 2 to me. Jesus came to this earth and deserved everything. He deserved for people to bow down at his feet. He deserved for all the riches in the world. And he had a biblical right to all those things. And yet he chose to take the nature of a servant. And he chose to surrender those rights to God the Father. And as I looked at my life and I looked at Jesus' life, and I saw the, the, <laughs> the huge gap in between the two, um, the lights came on for me. And I had accepted Jesus for my forgiveness of my past sins so that I could spend eternity with him forever. But I was missing the gospel of the now. And I was missing the gospel and its effect and its impact on me today. And from that point on, my anger was um, in a totally different perspective. He was changing. And I didn't like that because everyone either knew or suspected that they knew what I was doing. And he was becoming this great guy. And no one really knew the ins and outs of why I left. We would fight, and I would push all the same buttons, and he did not respond the way that I was used to him responding. I mean, you have to understand, my life was radically transformed. I remember being very drawn to the man that he was becoming, but now the relationship was dead. I decided I was going to go to counseling. Two to three sessions, and then be done. That way I can say that I tried, and it just didn't work. And so I was going to pursue a divorce. I vented everything to him about why there was just no way that we were going to make it. And he just listened. And then he looked at me in the eye very intently and said, Do you believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? And I said, Yes, I believe that. He said, You think that God can take a dead man and raise him to life to save you, but you don't think he can heal your marriage. And so, I turn to God this much. It takes 100% uh, dependency on Christ in, in the moment, in the now. And it looks like constant confession and repentance for me. A light that had been shut off came on, and I wondered, what if God could do it? Okay, again, that might be a familiar story to a different set of people. But the, the art of marriage actually addresses a variety of um, situations through role plays. Um, and we don't only deal with what appears to be the problem. We look at the solutions um, practical solutions um, to, to a wide variety of, of issues that may occur in marriages. Um, what I'd like to do is just give you a brief overview. Um, 
of what will occur at a Art of Marriage uh, seminar. One thing that everyone would be provided with would be a, a manual which you are able to take home. Each couple will get two manuals, one for each, one for each spouse. Or I guess the plural of spouse is spice, right? For, for the spice. Um, and I'll just quickly go through the, through the manual so you can understand the headings and the sorts of issues that would be dealt with. Um, as I said, there are six sessions. Um, and the first one is God's purpose and plan. And it starts out letting you know that it's not all about you at all. Here's a little um, excerpt here. Five things I wish I'd known before marriage. Marriage is not all about you. And it goes on, it's about going through life together and serving God together and serving each other. You're about to learn a painful lesson. You're both very selfish people. The person you love the most is also the person who can hurt you the deepest. I think we all know that. How do you deal with that? You can't make it work on your own. Where do you turn to? And also, never stop enjoying each other. Then talks about love fading, overcoming isolation. What it says here is, one reason couples drift apart is that they fail to make their marriage the priority it ought to be. We are culturally conditioned to believe that our happiness ought to be our number one priority in life. Selfishness is one of the root causes of isolation. And then there's a quote from a researcher. After interviewing thousands of couples, there are four behaviors whose presence in a marriage indicate a high probability of divorce. These behaviors are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and withdrawal. How do you deal with that? Love dances. Which is fulfilling our responsibilities. Except from Ephesians 5. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church. This is a huge mystery and I don't pretend to understand it all. That's what I call the abridged version, the message. Um, now, in Ephesians 5, it says wives should, be, should submit to their husbands, and husbands need to love their wives. So some wives may say, well, I don't need to love my husband then. But in, in Ephesians 5, at the beginning, it says that we are to love one another. So you can't get away from that. Love prevails no matter what the situation. If you look at God's love for us as the guiding light for our marriages, our marriages cannot fail. Then it goes to love interrupted. Talks about communication and conflict. Deals with anger management issues, conflict resolution, confrontation, and forgiveness. That last word is probably the most difficult one in marriages going bad. How do you forgive 
the unforgivable? Is it in fact possible? Can you, is there life after that? No. These are issues that couples deal with on a daily basis. Um, and don't think that it can never happen to you. The devil is busy. Marriages and families are open game. And if he can destroy those, he can destroy the Christian witness, he can destroy the nation, he can destroy the world. Um, then we go on to, um, that was session four. Then we go on to session five which is Love Sizzles, which is the session that you would look forward to. We talk about intimacy and romance, the relationship between the two. It's a practical session. It deals with sex, both the spiritual side and the physical side. Um, Obviously, there aren't any practical sessions at the seminar, but there is ample opportunity to practice what you've learned because you can be staying at breezes. Um, It talks about misinformation and misconceptions, the prevalence of pornography and the effect on marriages and intimacy, abuse, romantic fantasies, and the act of sex itself. And then it concludes with love always leaving a lasting and godly legacy as a result of your marriage. Pastor Annette and Sister Helen spoke about the effect of our marriages on our children. But even beyond that, the legacy that's passed on and on and on and on. What are you going to leave? What will will you be remembered for as a couple? Um... The actual seminar, it focuses on building the marriage, but it also deals with, believe it or not, facing death and leaving that legacy. As you face death, how do you prepare the next generation for godly marriages and to represent Christ in their lives? Because that's what our marriages ought to be doing. We ought to be representing Christ's relationship with his church. Um, the next clips will be showing some interviews of people who have benefited from the art of marriage just to give you an idea of um, how it's been received and the art of marriage has been presented throughout the United States, Canada beyond, I mean actually it's going all over the world it's become becoming very popular um, and not because It's just a fun seminar. It's very practical um, in building up marriages. And I really do encourage you to um, take advantage of this opportunity that we've got here in in Nassau and encourage your your friends and family. Uh, You can see the next clip. Um, Daryl Sturman, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Some of the testimonies, you know, we we all go through difficulties in our marriages and stuff. And, And to hear someone else 
that, that has met those challenges also and to see the how they became victorious and it. me being here and, and hearing these live testimonies and seeing the, the way that thing is put together for his art of marriage I think it gives me a, a hope and a sure foundation is that that without the principles of the Bible of the biblical teachings then, then marriage is, is in trouble the art of marriage is very real it's very informative uh, and it's very inspiring into where it we can preload you to uh, a greater relationship first and foremost with God being the center and knowing that that you and your mate was God joined you together and all the marriage is teaching me that just a few days that I've been here is teaching me that that I really have to realize it's not about me and it's not about my wife but it's about him my name is Jay Roten. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, outer marriage is vital and necessary because uh, it builds a foundation of truth about God's original intent for marriage. It's things that people don't think about before getting married. It's things they need to know. Christians, they may have an idea, but um, to really have it portrayed and spoken the way it was, was really, it's really life-changing and applicable. One of the unexpected things I got out of the conference was um, was really to think about not just uh, my wife and I and our and our kids, but the generations to come and legacy. And so and so now I'm moving forward and in loving and leading my wife, I'm going to be making decisions not just on what's best for us in the moment, but what's going to be best for generations to come and a legacy and having something to pass on and maybe even something. To, that, our, that, our, that our children can step into. I'm Wendy. I'm Chad, and we're from Little Rock. I thought it has been superb how all the different um, theologians, pastors have all echoed one another and uh, all the things that they've said come straight out of Scripture, but to flesh that out in real-life relationships, it's been neat to see the different examples uh, presented so creatively. So I've loved it. I've laughed. I've cried. I walk away and just say, you know, on a daily basis, does our marriage really tell the truth about God to a watching world? I sure pray that's the case for us. Well, I, I definitely sense an elevated responsibility of being the husband and being more than just a good husband, but uh, just raising the bar, and, and I need to, I need to go for it. Well, it, it's to me being on video. I had this expectation that it would be kind of a, a lecture video. You take your notes, you grab the high points, fill in the blanks, and it's much more than that. It's it's engaging, it's funny. It's, it's an experience. Yeah, it's so much better than a class. It, it's it's truly, uh, I, I feel it's a getaway. When we left last night, I kind of like, well, we should be going to our hotel, <laughs> not home. Uh, Fresh. It's uh, challenging. It's good. Very good. That's three words. That's fine. <laughs> I love the diversity of uh, the reflecting our community. I love the, the white, black. I love the male, female. I love the just how they took these every society and put it a part of this uh, video. Yes. Two thumbs up. Yes, two thumbs up. Okay. I think that what's different about this one that's impressed us a lot is, number one, the cultural diversity. That's one of the first things that stood out. They're appealing to the faces out in the audience. You know, you see yourself on the screen. I think one of the other things that I like is it's interactive, you think? Right. It's interactive. It's, uh, 
I, what was that expression? I think my husband made a comment about the way the scenes were going in and out. Oh, it's snappy. It's snappy. It's, it's fluid. <laughs> it's consistent. It's not stagnated. It's mm -hmm. constantly moving, constantly making you adjust to the new scenarios, new scenes, new uh, ideas, and making you think, okay, now how would I handle that? That's real life, you know? Oh, the art of marriage in one word for me, it is a wow. I think the art of marriage is so dynamic, it's interactive, it's fun. I sat there and got so excited um, at the way they did the delivery. You know, it was so exuberant, and the artist, the actor, especially the young woman that did the story um, of Adam and Eve in the fall. Wow, what'd you think? Yeah. I think it's realism when you can look at the screen and forget that these are actors and you absorb yourself in the story and you understand and relate to their feelings and their emotions. You know, it's, that, it's realistic when you get that reaction. They're realistic, you can believe these are real people, mm -hmm. but at the same time, the scenarios come through as something that you've been through or been exposed to or had somebody in your life have happen to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really uh, authentic, authentic. Yeah. Dave, I really have lost my feelings for you. I'm sitting there stunned. Like, what? I knew that that killed him. And I was at a point where I didn't even know what else to say to him. And so when he asked me to tell him what I meant by that I just said I feel like you're never home I feel like you're not engaged with me I feel like you're not engaged with the boys I immediately went defensive I was like I'm gonna reach in the back seat pull out my little day day planner my calendar and prove to her she's wrong I have been home I can show you and right as I was turning like this I sense the Spirit of God don't grab that planner don't say a word listen just shut up and listen And so I shared with him how at first I was really angry and then I was really bitter and then my bitterness turned to resentment and then after a while I didn't even care that he was gone. I again sensed from God's spirit to my spirit one word and the word was repent. All of a sudden he's like, honey, I just have to do something first. And I'm thinking, do something? What, well, you're going to go somewhere? You're gonna, what are you going to do? God was saying, if you want to get this right, this horizontal husband-wife relationship right, this needs to be right, the vertical relationship between God and myself. And so he, you should have seen this. He turns around in our Honda, and he's on, I don't even know how he did it. He's on his knees on the floor of this Honda with the steering wheel in his back. And um, he starts to pray out loud. God, I repent. I'm too busy. I'm lukewarm. I know what you think of lukewarm uh, Christians, and I want to be right with you. And I repent of my sin. And I want to be the husband, and I want to be the dad you called me to be. To be the dad that I preach, the dad that I know, and the husband I know what the word says, and I'm not living it, I'm saying it, but I'm not doing it, I'm a hypocrite. And I don't want to be a hypocrite anymore. I want to love her like she deserves, and I want to love my kids like they deserve, and I'm not doing it. And I ask you to give me the power to be the man you called me to be.
The amazing thing is when I saw him do that, um, it, oh, it just broke my heart. God was saying to me, Ann Wilson, you have been trying to get your happiness for the last six months from your husband. And I never made him, I never equipped him to fill all your needs. I am the only one who can meet all of your needs. And that thought alone spurred me on to get on my knees. And for me, it was a moment of repentance too. As we prayed on our 10 year anniversary and sort of resubmitted our marriage back to Christ, as, as, as I'm sitting here 20 years later, I can tell you that moment changed our marriage. It did. It really did. It was like, if, if this is going to work, this has to be in place. That night became a moment of spiritual awakening for both of us. It was a night of rededicating our hearts to God, our hearts to Jesus, and rededicating our marriage to Him and asking Him to come in to heal us, to give us wisdom to know how to go on from here and really to change our hearts. And He did that. Don't let the enemy lull you into false sense of security. Your marriages are worth fighting for. And God has your back. Um, I'd just like to give you some general information on the uh, seminar. In the foyer, we've got the flyers and registration forms. We've also got a 40-day prayer guide. Um, we'd like you to take both. And if for some reason we run out with this huge crowd, you can always call the office and we'll have some more. Um, the reason why I'd like you to take both is not only do we want you to register and encourage people to register, but we'd like you to cover the seminar in prayer. Um, that is probably the greatest support that we can have. And this really is a a conscious and disciplined prayer guide for the, for the seminar. And we really do encourage you to take it and, and assist us in that way. Um, the actual seminar, as I said, will be the end of May. I keep on saying March. I'm glad I got it right. 31st of May and the 1st of June. Um, pricing information... And that information is, is in the um, brochure. Um, we've been able to secure a, a preferential rate with Breezes so that you can stay over on the Thursday night so that you don't have to break it up and, you know, do all sorts of other things. You can stay focused on your marriage, on your spouse, on the relationships that are important. Um, if you want to stay on longer, Breezes, I'm sure, would be more than happy to accommodate you. And they will provide you a preferential rate once you let them know that you are part of this conference. Um, we are available to make presentations to social groups and churches 
or small groups that might be interested but weren't able to be here. So if you've got friends or if you're from a church or you know a church that would like um, to benefit from this seminar, please let us know. I keep on saying us, but I'll let you know who us is right now. Um, the organizers are um, Denise and myself. Please stand, Denise, so everyone knows who you are. Um, Anton Wallace and Marissa Wallace. Sean Paul and Terry Paul. Please, don't wave hands, because everyone can't see you. Please stand, you beautiful people. Um, we, all have, we all have a passion for uh, marriages and family. And we definitely want to see the benefits of a godly marriage spread throughout our community. Um, I hope I've covered everything. I can assure you that I am nowhere near as exciting as the seminar. So please come to the seminar. Don't judge the seminar by me. I'm excited about it. Actually, that last clip was a bit, um, even though I've seen it a few times before, it's a bit convicting to me because too often I'm too busy. Um, and I probably need to use my hair at all a bit more. Um, but that's what marriage is all about. Recognizing our shortcomings, and we all have them, and just allowing God to work in us and, um, and show us the way. Now, I'd just like to open it up to any questions that anyone might have, things that I may not have addressed that you'd like to know, and as best they can, I will answer them, and if I cannot, I'll let Anton answer them. Um, okay. Um, the, the cost for the seminar, including the stay, this is now the costs are per couple, because you don't want single people, well, one person, because it's designed for a couple. The cost, the cost for the couple is, um, I just want to make sure I'm correct, is $270 per couple for the two, for the two nights, including the stay. And if you don't stay overnight at Breezes, it's $130 per couple. Okay, so that's the end of the questions. I'll just like to briefly speak about possible areas of involvement, um, and then we'll close. Um, right. In addition to the all-important prayer, which we really do covet, um, we would like you to, to spread the word to those that you think would, um, would benefit. And also we are, we'll be seeking sponsorship from churches, particularly in the area of um, being able to provide assistance to couples who might not be able to afford the full cost. We don't want, we'd like couples to pay something. Um, and it really would be up to the individual churches or the social groups how much sponsorship they will give to each couple. And also business houses or individuals who may not want to come or feel the need to come, but they're willing to donate, you know, things that could be prizes or sponsoring a couple. Um, 
or providing funds in any way that might be able to defray the cost and reduce the cost per couple. Uh, the one thing I, did, uh, I didn't mention was that one lucky couple, use the term advisedly, would be winner of a reduced cost day because there will be a drawing at the um, seminar for that couple. So you can't get it unless you come. Um, and uh, we hope that will encourage, be a little bit of encouragement to you. Uh, sorry, is that a yawn or a question? Oh yes, it will be 50 couples. First come, first serve. The 50th couple will be the last couple. Um, we don't want it to be too big. Um, we want it to be manageable. And this won't be the last one. What we really hope is that uh, we'll be able to put on others in the future for those that aren't able to attend or there was not sufficient time. But we do encourage you to, to attend this one because um, we never know when the next one will be. I have absolutely no idea.